0: Yeah, I, I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 What's good everybody? Welcome to the basement. Are you enjoying your day? Think about some things that that we're grateful for. Right? Grateful for this day. Grateful for the air, clean air in my lungs, ability to to breathe, just to just be alive, right? You know, what's good? What's good? And if, and if things are bad, things are going rough, right? What's the good in that? What are the silver linings? What are the pieces of light that are breaking through your darkness? Are those, you know, are those things you're able to get closer to, to let the light shine even brighter, right? You know, so you got to get to a point where it's all it's all with with the understanding. You got to get to a certain understanding that your life, the decisions you make, it's all it's all on you. Right. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling? That's up to you. You know, nobody nobody's really responsible for your feelings. Right. If the only things that have meaning are the things that. We choose to give meaning to. That's not my quote I, I don't I don't remember where I heard that. i I was thinking about it the other day, actually, and I Googled it, and nothing really came up. I might you know uh, I've you know tried to phrase it a few ways. so but I know I got that from somebody at some point because it was one of those "Oh, yeah, like no shit type moments uh, of my life, where somebody just said something very simple. And just very like, ah, uh, oh yeah, just glass-shattering moments. My wife did that to me one morning. I came home from the grocery store. I was all frazzled, like, you won't believe this happened in the line. And then this machine went down. And then, you know, when I was doing this, this happened. And, and then in the parking lot, this. I had just this occurrence happened to me. And I was just, ultimately, I was just like, I'm just, just really frustrated. And she goes, and infinite wisdom says, if you had more patience, you wouldn't be so frustrated. <laughs> just, and it just, I was like, "What? Why did you just acknowledge what I say?" Just, ah, I'm just, just walking away from her. She was in her office at work. I was just like, "All right, what? Shut up!" <laughs> and uh, and yeah, just be more, be more patient. But you know, and, and search for for goodness. You know, pieces of goodness for for light. And I understand that you know, things for you, you know, they're for you. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to understand them, but there's still a certain point to your life where you got to take control of your life and all responsibility. And part of that responsibility is probably, you know, healing to some extent, if it's been real dark, like you don't know, like, you know, the type of, you don't know how dark it, it has been. And I fully acknowledge, like, I didn't have it the worst, far I had it far from the worst those kids if we, and this is this is difficult to do I guess but that the kids if we separate them in two groups then I understand that there's a lot a lot more nuance than that when we're talking about children or people in general but if we split kids into two groups into the kids who have it good you know they're they're doing all right their family structure is fine they're 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 Diet is fine. They're the atmosphere that they're in is safe, right? They're eating. Their 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 clothes are in an upkept manner. They're clean or give the appearance of being clean. They don't stink, right? The kids who are doing all right, and then the kids who aren't, right? If we can split it into those two groups, right? The kids who aren't. There's an abusive family member, in in uh. In some context, right, they're late all the time. You know, home structure is not stable. They don't get good sleep. They're you know, uh, maybe they're not eating, right? Maybe they don't have an opportunity to eat, right? Maybe there's other you know mental health situations going on. The kids who aren't doing well, right? They 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 present themselves in a poor way. Uh, you know, of of those two groups of kids, I was in the kids who had it the worst. Category, but then within, you know, if we're if we're gonna, you know, be rigid, you know, we can only be so rigid with defining things, especially people, right, right. But of that group, like the nuance within that, I had it the best of those kids, right. There's some kids in the, that category where they they got it the worst. They're catching hands, they're at fear for their life, they they hurt themselves, they're looking for a reason to hurt somebody else you know and oftentimes that psychological trauma you know manifests as an adult and you're acting out uh out of civility right find yourself in whatever circumstance and then you're locked up you know for whatever silly reason because you went to go get a pack a pack of cigarettes right on your motorcycle and caught a DUI like or or worse right you you crash your motorcycle and lose a limb Right. You slam your truck into a motorcycle and, you know, take a father of two's life, you know, just on some dumb shit. Like that's just not something that should be happening. Right. And so there's a certain point where you got to take responsibility for any traumas, any darkness that has been in your life. Right. And, and own it no matter what category you're in, because. You know, I heard Joe Rogan say before, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you, right? So how do we deal with that? How do we internalize that? And how do we move forward, right? So what are are you thinking about? What are you focusing your attention on, right? There's a term called ego depletion. And I don't, I thought that's just a poor name. It was Dr. Roy Baumeister came with the term ego depletion, but I think a better, more proper way to, Say the same thing, say or say what he means, is neural depletion, like your brain power. There's only a certain amount of energy. There's only a certain amount of energy in the world, like in, to I guess to a certain extent, um, in the in the universe. There's there's one source of energy, and it's uh, about how the energy is harnessed. Well, how the energy is distributed is through all things. And then for humans' use of energy, how do we use energy? It's harnessing and then repurposing that energy. But energy always goes out somewhere. These words is producing. Stop bumping the mic. The words I'm producing are putting an energy out, a sound vibration into the surrounding atmosphere that's bouncing off the walls, that's affecting things in different ways. And eventually that energy is going back into the earth right? To get into the, the big convection, you know, of nickel and iron going on in the outer core of the earth. And I'm talking on some, some, uh, middle school science teacher stuff right now, but, you know, focusing your, your efforts, your energy, what are you focusing on, right? That depletes your, your overall energy levels, your neural depletion, how much can you think about, right? What are you thinking? What are you thinking about and how much of that energy is that you are those thoughts taking right so keeping a keeping a clear state of mind is very very beneficial right for your mental health which mental health oral health You know, the the very important, like your, your dental, like your dental work, your mental health, your dental work, and your, your, and then beyond that, your physical health, like and I split dental into its own, its own thing. Cause if your mouth isn't healthy, I mean, that's the root of a lot of bacteria, a lot, a lot of problems and, and, you know, and beyond, you know, I mean, the way you present yourself as well, outwardly, but inwardly, like it's a big problem too, if you're not on top of, of your teeth. Your teeth health. So, like, how do we, how do we take control? Though, is is then the question, right? Yeah, I'm in darkness. I'm truly in darkness. So, how do I climb up out of this pit, Daniel? Like, tell me something. Like, and it, you know, it's the I've said it before, said it many times. But exchanging the bad habits for good habits, and start with something small. Whatever the light is, even if it's a person that you're seeing from afar, if that's your your light. Like, can you, what can you pull? How can they light your candle, right? So you can start reforming your perspective and going uh, going at at a spot and beginning a sense of of betterment, betterment for self and betterment for those around you. Because I mean, ultimately, I think that's what free will really is, right? You know, you're choosing to participate, you know, in society in humanity, right? Doing that in the best way possible. You can only, like free will is in that sense then unlimited because we're always participating, you know, you're participating with yourself or your future self, right? And you're participating with society, which is current current society, you know, self and where you are currently and where society is going and where you are going, right? So how can you positively benefit towards that that's what I, I think free will is so to truly exercise free will at the highest capacity is kind of acting and i don't mean to sound high, you know high and mighty and we all fail at this right but acting truly altruistic right putting behind all selfish notions for my benefit and really get it for our make decisions based on our benefit and what is your uh, our and how far can you expand that hour, right ou R, our, right, us, you know, is it, all right, so you got you, and it's your family, how far does your family extend, it's your friends, which friends are you letting in, like, what's your glimmer of hope, and I, I you know, it's interesting, because I'm, I'm sitting back, I'm watching The Captain right now, Derek Jeter, little mini-series that ESPN did, uh, I think it was last year, 20, 21 or 22, so, it's in the last couple years, that was done, and I'm looking at Derek Jeter in, like, the very first episode, like, I find out Derek Jeter's biracial, Like, I never knew Derek—like, I'm a biracial dude younger than Derek Jeter, right? And he was never presented to me as a role model. And I think that's a failure of uh, self, right? Should be looking for, you know, glimpses of light, right? Uh, But you get to a point at a certain age where you have— such little agency. A lot of things aren't your responsibility. They're not your fault. So I call it considered it a failure of parenting, right? Just to be straight up, just to be clear. I don't mean to be disparaging, right, towards my parents, but that's how I would view that from the outside looking in, trying to be as objective as possible, right? And I also think it's a failure of the school system, right? I think there is some recognition in myself. I should have looked towards that. type, And not, you know, and not like, oh, my, everybody, go find a baseball idol. But uh, what I'm saying is from my perspective is finding somebody doing something positive that you can relate to, right? And in the 1900s, right, when I was born, there weren't very many biracial people. I go months and months, you know, a year without seeing another biracial person let alone a black and white person with blue eyes. Like, mind you, I didn't meet my dad's kids till I was like 13, almost 14, right? So that makes makes a difference. So I'm living, you know, primarily around all white people out in Minneapolis and St. Paul suburbs into a little town in Illinois. And there was a lot of black people at the school, a lot of black kids when I went to school in Illinois, Um, but not a lot of biracial kids, right, in this town. Or any town, for that matter. And then we moved to Wisconsin. And actually, when I get to Wisconsin, I had another biracial kid in my class. Shout out Gabe. Homeboy Gabe Schlu, went to uh, fifth grade through high school till I transferred to high school. So we had a little season. We were kicking it together in like 2014. And, uh, yeah, about 20, 2013, 2014. And he's off doing, he's always out of the country doing, uh, you know what, doing the best he can making the most positive choices he can make to positively benefit uh, his hour and society right He's out of the country doing uh, doing good things and he's done some wild things too right <laughs> you know we uh, we get to that point some of us some of us kids who had it the worst but had it the best within that worst like we we end up we, we act out in interesting and, and wild ways as well. so but it's grabbing control of that true introspection right looking at yourself as an observer, Not as yourself, not beyond, not not through the lens of your interpersonal, like, ego, right? So that's why, like, that's ego in, in the traditional sense of, you know, how we act, how we act towards others, the way we think of ourselves, versus the way we present, usually those aren't the same thing. So we need a sense of introspectiveness to acknowledge our ego and drop some pride and walls and certain senses of security in certain contexts, right to to you know dissolve you know ego here here and there. So that's like that, and that's ego in the standard sense. So that's why when Roy Baumeister called it ego depletion. It's like man, He's, when he's talking about that and in, in his work, and I'm not going to break into that too much. He's talking about neural depletion, like using your brain power, your energy, your synapses, like the way your brain is firing, what you're thinking about, you know, your willpower. What are you? What are you thinking about? What are you applying those thoughts to? What are you abstaining from? What are you per- pursuing? And like, and a part of that, like when we wake up and we talk about gratitudes, and then we, I think like next off rip, like it's real important to acknowledge. F- you know, some forgivenesses. Like, I think that's really important as well. Like in the same notion, the same side of the same coin, like to get your day, your day going, you know, in a, just as, as beneficially as possible, uh, you know, cause you might be in some dark times and that I'm not saying you can do this right now. Right. Especially if this is an in original initial thought, like something you've never thought about, like, hold on, how just wake up and forgive the person who dot, 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 like eventually, yeah. But it takes the thought, the uh, the catharsis, you know, getting into just you know using your neural energy, right, at full capacity to acknowledge things that have happened to you, so you can understand them, understand them in context, and allow that to no longer affect you. You know, negatively, unless you need it to, right? That's grabbing control. And, you know, well, how can can you need your darkest moment? Well, (laughs) grab a hold of the devil in your soul. Keep her close. Where's she at? where she go? I might just need her in case they're coming at my throat. But always cool because I'm coming from the cold. Right. So if there's darkness within and you and like, what if you get in a situation where your life is in danger, your loved one's lives are in danger and you need to react that fight, uh, that fight, like flight fl- fight, that flight, like or freeze. Right. That's what you can access in an instant. Right. What are you, you know, how, how sharply is your um, you know, response to not, not even how sharply, how, sh- yes, how sharply, but also how clearly is your secondary response to your amygdala. Are you in control of your the amygdala, your emotional response center of your brain? That's what goes first. That's the, we say, knee-jerk reaction with someone. You know, when a doctor taps your knee, tests your reflex, your knee just automatically kicks. Like, that's the amygdala. That fires first. That's your survival mechanism, instinct, natural selection. Right? That's That's the survival of it. So your amygdala fires how... You know, that's is it sharp, right? But is it, but is your sharpness pointed in the right direction, right? What, how fast is your secondary response to that thinking with your life is on the line, right? All right. So honing that, getting to a point of control or understanding your range of emotions, how fast or slow or controlled or uncontrolled, you get into emotional states. That's something to be cognizant of, right? Like, I've been, I'm I' like, here, you know, I'll take my clothes off a little bit. I'll get a little vulnerable uh, in the basement. Vulnerable in the basement. <clears throat> a, uh, like, I'm not, I haven't been feeling well, like, yesterday a little bit the day but started like two days ago i was like all right i don't feel right like i don't feel i feel a little a little anxious a little on edge like huh like heightened sense of of self heightened sense of being and you know looking at around looking around at all circumstances right with no changes like okay everybody else is doing their thing all responsibilities are met all you know we're good. Like, um, accountabilities are in check. Like we're, we're all good here, but I feel, I, I, I feel off. Right. So, okay. And then yesterday I was like, oh, I definitely feel off. Let me analyze this. And it didn't take me too long. I was like, eh, hey, well, I'm starting a school semester. Like, as I sit here speaking to you, like tomorrow. So yesterday I wasn't feeling right. Broke it down. I was like, oh, I start class in two days. Okay, I'm just, you know, I'm just anxious for classes to start to get in a new groove like it's, you know, it's a new year, but like it's always a new year. Right. Every day is a new year. Right. You know, there's no there's no change of sentimentality, like unless, you know, you, you have specific goals you're trying to hit by specific dates. Like I have specific things I've been working towards for five years, six years, seven years right just things hey by 40 this by you know i have just it's, and it's a very short list of things like three like legitimate behavioral long term goals like taking control of myself who i am where i came from the things that have happened to me having an understanding of those right finding the forgiveness that i need to to find in order to wake up first thing in the morning give gratitude acknowledge any forgivenesses that i need so it's not weighing on me right so i can have more clarity of control, right? Because I think that's a full internal locus of control. You are in control of everything, everything, right? Of every outcome of any interaction or any decision that you're able to make, you know, just, you know, you know, free will, you know, you're not in control of the weather. Like I understand that I understand a tornado might, Might come rip you apart right now. I understand that we might get smacked with an asteroid at any minute. And this all, all goes dark. Right? I understand that. But in the context of life, making decisions. And I think that's applicable on a broad scale. On a widely broad scale. Like the thought of being imprisoned. Being in prison, maybe being in prison by your own country, right? There's, There's dictatorships out there. There's violent dictatorships out there. There's people highly oppressed out there. And acknowledging my privilege of my mountain view home, right? It seems like even on the most difficult of lives able to be lived, you still have an option within that, nuance within that. The people who have it the worst have nuance within that, have option within that to act. What's the right word? I don't want to say act positively, but act beneficially. Even within that, you have an option to act beneficially for yourself, for your future self, and for your neighbor. Right? And I think that's what altruism is. And that might not mean running on the train tracks and saving a dog. Right? It's not. It's bigger than that. It's shifting the mentality of your own being, right? What can you do in any given amount of time? What do you want to accomplish by set a date? And it can be tomorrow. By tomorrow, (laughs) I want to stop doing this, right, and work on a tenth of a percent betterment scale I got a little bit better it's all I think all we can do and not all like I think that's that's what our responsibility is to do is be better act better towards humanity This Jonathan Haidt would say is a social psychologist but like and I'm not sure you can take it two ways what he says but it's like when and he says this you know it's Facetious, facetious. Yeah. I don't know if it's facetious or not, but it's um, it's a metaphor. But we're 90% human. Excuse me, excuse me, that's not right. We're 90% chimpanzee, like the humans. He's talking in the context of humans. We're 90% chimp, you know, pack people, aggressive, like leader of the pack will fight each each other, like ultimately where it's survival, true survival of the fittest but we're 10% bee and bee colonies work you know, in, in full full unison you know, thousands of bees hundreds and hundreds of bees in a beehive working to protect the queen and all doing things that are for the betterment you got the worker bees and the ones that go then the pollinators and they're all you know, keeping together this you know, the ecosystem of the hive so you could say that so the two ways I digest that are, A R E R are ten percent of people's minds have hive switch capabilities. Right? He calls that the hive switch. Take care of the hive. I'm going to act accordingly for myself and for others, and we're going to we're going to you know push forward and do do well on a on a, on a grand scale. Okay, so. Or the other way I could take it: ten percent of people operate with that mentality that I just just mentioned—the betterment of everybody, you know, including myself and future self. Right? How much can I do for everybody to include myself? And there's scales within that. I'm going to do more for my wife and my sons than I I do for my neighbor, you know. But I'm still going to honor my neighbor, cherish my neighbor, watch out for my neighbor's things, you know. Take a look over. Um. Anything they're unable to keep a a lookout over on their own. Extra eyes, you know, love love thy neighbor. So 10% of people operate like that and 90% of people don't. So, you know, either way there's room for improvement, right? So either... You know and ninety that's that's not a real a real thing not not that's not ninety ten that's not a real like provable observable measurable repeatable thing but you know there's plenty of instances where people act out of their own their own best interest to help somebody else save somebody else something else you know put themselves you know in a situation of altruism they act altruistically right so whether it's you know 10% of all of our minds have that or 10% of people do that. Like we can all work towards that then have a, either way. It's a, it's either a change of mind or a change of focus of the mind, right? So whatever vehicle you want to take right, let's head towards the same destination, right? When I really, when I really think about, you know, making a, uh, I like I heard this one time a few years ago and it immediately resonated, right? Uh, I don't know if I've, I've said it on this podcast or not, but the self-licking ice cream cone, right? Put as many systems and processes in place that things are just taken care of, right? And people think about that. Like, what does that even mean? It's a uh, self-licking ice cream cone. What happens if you don't lick an ice cream cone? It's gonna make a mess. All right, well, don't make a mess. <laughs> like, what can you know? You know, it's kind of what can you automate? Like, what can automatically take care of itself? Because if you don't take care of it, what happens if you just let an ice cream cone just sit there? It's gonna make a mess. So you need to take care of it. So let's make a self-flicking ice cream cone. I don't want it to make. I don't want it to make a mess. And by golly, if I do make a mess, I'm gonna clean up after myself. I mean, I think that's that's just such an important mentality to be in. Just leaving things at a minimum, leaving anything as at least as good as how it was when you found it. Anything, relationships, areas, right? You don't want to leave relationships. Number one, let's you know. I don't want to like trauma is the absolute worst thing to to inherit, right? And if you've inherited trauma, like it's up to you to to recognize that's not an inheritance you also want to leave anybody else, right? So acknowledgement of that. Why? Why am I this way? Why do I think this way? And it was people, who, somebody who might think like that, like in a negative way. Well, you have, you have the choice to give meaning to other things, right? It all comes down to accountability, right? Being, you know, just accountability, right? Which is the you have responsibilities. So, what's what? What are you accountable to for not meeting your responsibilities? Consequences, right? It's consequences. Straight up. So, if you don't take care of yourself and others, there will be consequences. I live in a country of law and order, or perceived law and order, right? Agency is always limited. Right, you have unlimited free will. You can act altruistically, but like your agency may be limited. You may still be subordinate to something, uh, you know, ultimately. But I think that it's a tough line, right? But I don't think it's hard. I don't think it's hard. I think at any time, if you're not feeling uh, a circumstance is right for you to be in, I think you have the absolute uh, responsibility to get out of that circumstance as uh, possible. You have an absolute responsibility to yourself and society to not be in bad situations. That's the conversation. That's the debate. That's where you look into talking with somebody, you know, your friend, relative, your spouse, you know, depending on the circumstances, you know, w- what it is like, hold on. And they just, you know, hopefully your spouse is your friend, right? You talk to like, Hey, I'm thinking about quitting my job. You know, I'm thinking about whatever. I'm thinking about this that happened today. I'm thinking about making some ribs. You know, just whatever. But uh, that's it, the self licking ice cream cone. Yeah, take care, take care of things, start taking responsibility, start having a, a, a system. Right, starts with uh, making your bed. It's really, really true. Getting in that habit, making your bed. But it's it's beyond that. Like the point of that is taking care of the little things, not letting things pile up. Right, as far as your responsibilities around your household, so you don't live in a filthy place. What happens if I don't wash the toilet this week? The toilet's gonna be disgusting in another few days. You know, you get, What happens if I don't make the bed? Well, that nothing. Uh, messy sheets when I get back in it later. But to the point of, it just it it looks nice. I can take pride in that. Helps me then open the blinds, right? Get some sunshine in. Ah, taking some vitamin D and get your day just going. I did one. I did one thing today, right? I did one positive thing, and as little and ma- how's making the bed positive? It's just one thing you did, one thing. You don't understand how dark, how traumatic life has been for certain people, right? And if it's not making the bed, if they are just not not making my bed, nobody's ever coming over here. Then something, something, you know, whatever that first thing that you that can set off the next reaction for you. Right to get it to, to you know to begin taking that internal locus of control that you are the one internal you you are the one who's in control of you know this the consequences in your life you're the one who's in control of the consequences in your life okay what type of consequences do you want so how are you going to exercise free will I'm gonna get up out of here y'all. But ego depletion, think about that, the energy, the energy you use and spend. How do you properly, it's a whole other, the the beyond, okay, great. Then what's next? How do you fuel that? How do you ensure that you have the most optimal, optimal source of energy to deplete? Right? That's the whole, that's the next portion of that. I was talking to my homeboy, Sean, a few weeks back. It was on Veterans Day, actually, as a matter of fact. Yeah, we went out for a vet check. And it was like, all right, now I'm I'm, I'm to a point in my life where it's like you got uh, Carl Jung, psychologist, but he's like, you got phases of your life. You got the morning of your life. And you have the afternoon of your life. that's it. That's his two, He was like, yep, the morning of your life is when you're, you're growing, you're learning, right? You're taking in information, all right? The afternoon of your life is the digestion of that information and then the application of it, like the application of all the knowledge. And when you live in application of when you apply knowledge that's considered wisdom, right so getting getting yourself to to the application being able to be as strong as possible it's, you know you need to have the right energy source so how are you fueling your energy source are you putting in premium right everybody be cool check on a vet and hug your loved ones uh-huh. Straight, straight. And a granddad granddad Grab a hold of the devil in your soul Keep her close, where she at, where she go I might just need her case they coming at my throat And always cool because I'm coming from the cold I'm a smooth mac daddy and I got some pimp game Take a listen, that's why you came. And ask my brother, and when it comes I never changed You know you want it Ain't nothing wrong with trying to get like me But you'll probably never get like me Cause nobody talk that shit like me That shit like me You know you want it Dancing Way up on a rain cloud Can you feel me from the other side? Make me never want to come down Ain't nothing wrong with trying to get like me But you'll probably never get like me Cause nobody talk that shit like me Grab a hold of the devil in your soul Keep her close where she at, where she go I might just need a case they coming at my throat And always cool because I'm coming from the cold I'm a smooth mac daddy and I got some pimp game Take a listen, that's why you came And that's my brother, I never changed You know you want it (laughs) Woo, (laughs)
1: Woo, woo, woo,